Hello and welcome back to the Blend Podcast. I'm your host, Mycroft, and we're kicking 2024 off with a discussion about social media. Whether you're already active on all of the channels or yet to understand the value of finding the time to post. As they say on TikTok, you're going to want to listen to this one. I'm really pleased to welcome on Nathan Taylor of Warsaw Wood Tire and Service. It's an independent garage that's managed to capture the attention of UK drivers on social media and is keen for other garages to do the same. Nathan, welcome to the Blends Podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm excellent, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Let's start with some background first. Tell us about yourself and your business. Um, so I've been in the industry since I was sort of 17. I was the your typical sort of like school dropout, straight C's at GCSE, bunked out of sixth form and then sort of found my way into the family business where my dad had a little tyre place and then sort of quickly sort of found my, my place in the office being the communicator with customers rather than being the, the fitter of tyres. And then we sort of stepped stepped up and went uh, through that. My dad wanted to retire and I seen an opportunity to open what is now Walsallwood Tire and Service in 2015. And that, and that sort of like went from like three employees into what we think 25 or 26 employees now. So it's decent size. On reflection, it comes as fast growth. But for myself, it's obviously never quick enough. But the, the, the reality is obviously it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great little sort of independent business, which is, which is moving, moving forward quick. We, and we do all sorts now. We, we start not obviously just not tyres. We've got a service unit, which has nine ramps. We've got a tyre bay, which has three. One of them's an MOT bay and one's an alignment specific ramp. So there's there's quite a lot of ramps, quite a lot of staff. Um, we're always sort of like toying to find a, a a sweet spot in the balance of having enough advisors to serve the technicians and give the best value to the customers. So it's a it's a it's a never ending sort of game of, of finding finding the balance with the service provisions that we offer. Now I've been keen to get you on the Blend Podcast because my TikTok feed is full of Warsaw Wood content, and I know I'm not the only one because you've got a massive following, and at 116,000 plus followers, that's really no exaggeration. So how did it start? In sort of like 2018, I I sort of toyed with it a little bit. But I always found that I never really had the time to to run the business, deal with all the customers, deal with all 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 the stuff that comes with running a business, and then going and thinking about content after where I could deliver a quality message. And I, so I never really had the time to sort of jug, juggle it all. And then in two thousand nineteen, I bought my uh, number two on board, uh, named Gavin, who's an incredible uh, human being. He's an excellent number two, and. And he sort of shared my vision without me needing to put it out there. And, and, and I spoke as like, look, I believe that we need a marketing apprentice because I don't have the time to create, put everything out there, but I know what I need them to do. And and he was like, well, let's do it. And I was like, amazing. So like he, he sort of just allowed me to sort of spend time with a marketing apprentice uh, back in 2019 where we just started creating content. And and I and I was just in a place. It's like I don't really care, like how the quality is perceived on the like immediately because I don't really know how people are going to consume it. But what I need to do is I need to put a version of content out so then I can then review it and then I can improve it after. Fast forward to twenty twenty four, where we have two guys and then we've sort of like found found ourselves in a place where sort of insane numbers are being hit really in comparison to what we ever thought we would set out and do. Really insane numbers. Your TikTok videos have been watched tens of thousands of times, many hundreds of thousands of times. In the last 90 days, we've had 111,000 views on YouTube. 
We've reached 1.4 million on Facebook. Instagram, we've gained an extra 351 followers just over the 90 days. But uh, the average post reach there is only 1.6. Uh, LinkedIn is improving with, with there's different strategies for everything. So it's quite interesting that we we're not seeing huge growth on some, but then we are on others, but then we'll flip it another 90 days because we'll think about the strategy for each platform and, and how people consume content on that platform. So then it, we, we, we keep adjusting and keep changing. But the, obviously the most impressive still is the TikTok in, in the last 90 days, we've had 4.9 million views across the videos that we've posted in that time. It's mental really to think about, but at the same time is like, I don't, I don't want any Anybody to be sort of like blinded by the sort of the the headlines to think that oh, I'm never going to be able to achieve that because it, it literally has come from ad hoc created content like no real planning nothing to sort of say that this is really like curated content that we spent lots of time on loads of expensive cameras large amounts of what we do is filmed on an iPhone so you're literally just capturing it on a phone editing it on your phone and posting it from your phone exactly that and and in reality what we're tending to find is is that is the most thought-provoking content for us at the moment is the content that doesn't feel like it's it's come from a, a cinematography sort of like standpoint so how often are you posting and what are you posting about i think we did last week 67 pieces of content we did last week across the various socials and 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 what we try and do is we try and simplify it so we'll create either a response to a question which makes it quite easy to produce so like if somebody puts a question out or somebody puts a comment then we can we can respond to the comments um and create a video which allows us to be a bit more contextual because if i just say uh I don't like this about Land Rovers. It can actually be quite provoking in the sense that, well, I love Land Rovers. Why are you saying that about Land Rovers? It's like, it's nothing to do with that. I just don't like this part about it. But you only have a set amount of time with someone's attention to to deliver a message which can be widely appreciated. But often we find that it, not only is it widely appreciated, it's widely critiqued. And ultimately, when something's widely critiqued, it gets more views. So then you, you answer that with the context of addressing that person's concern. So you, you create content off the back of other people's comments, which is one. And then the other thing that we try and do is we create a large piece of content and then we chop it up into lots of other segments. So it allows us to have, let's say we do one long form video and even like this, this, this podcast that we're doing here, there'll be, a, there'll be a part where I'll send all of this over to the team once it's all edited and then they'll chop it up and then they'll make content off the back of it. And that's how we create content. So it's it's work that's already been done. We just need a bit more editing time. And then you go, you go, right, okay, well, you can go from 10 pieces of content to 100 in a couple of hours, no problem. So it's about squeezing that content and, and making the most of it. Squeeze it, squeeze the lemon, man, squeeze the lemon. You've mentioned that you employ a couple of people specifically to help with your marketing. Are you doing anything else outside of social media or is it purely social that you're focused on? Like we, we, at the moment, our, our main focus, because it, we've got really strong momentum, is across social media. Now, our, our, our future development is, is set around what our community looks like. So we spend quite a lot of time trying to break down what our community uh, around the business looks like. And that could be what a local football team looks like. It could be um, like the, the local scouts, like whatever, whatever is going around on a community basis. But because we've sort of built like a, a like an excellent sort of social media following and that's something that we don't want to abuse we we're mindful of that that community actually stretches all over we often receive phone calls from from people down in like the, the south of the country people at the top of the country people in scotland we like we get we get phone calls from everywhere asking a bit of advice um 
on on where to go with their vehicle, which is which again is is great. It can also be quite quite time consuming sometimes, and but at, at the same time, it's the nature of the beast that we're sort of creating. So it's sort of just a, making sure that the funnels are in place to make sure that we are still providing value as much as we can because our community reach now has reached something bigger than we ever imagined. So it's it's making sure that we're looking after what we've got rather than sort of trying to just push it in loads of other directions because we we don't want to dilute, dilute the quality too much. Can you remember what your first viral piece of content was? Uh, I think I did one that was uh, about part-worns and why you shouldn't buy part-worns. And <laughs> because we don't sell part-worns, obviously, because it's a, it's a, it's a terrible false economy that... I, I was getting comments left, right and centre about it. It's like, what does he know? He's just trying to sell new tyres, trying to make more profit. And I'm like, guys, the people that sell part warns make more profit than what I do. I'm just trying to keep you safe. But I'm getting shot down for trying to keep you safe. And and it's quite funny and it's quite ironic because that's ultimately people's perceptions of things with that education. And again, you go back and you realise that you only have seconds to, to, to capture that. And and then you need seconds again to sort of like reaffirm your your point and things like that. So, um, the first viral piece of content, I was like, these people think that I'm just out to just rip people off. <laughs> that was that was the, a consensus from from large parts of of the view of the viewer base. But then I, in other in other comments, it was really refreshing to see that you know what he's absolutely right. He's great. Like he, this is this is what the, this is what it needs. So like it's it's bittersweet sometimes. You got it's the rough with the smooth. You're never going to get it all. If you care too much about people's opinions, you're going to be crippled, and because you're never going to be able to please everyone all the time. But if you're if your goals and your mission is set in the right in the right order, you're going to prove yourself over time. So what we found is is that our fan base, regardless of our views, our fan base is growing because the message that we put out is consistent towards what we're trying to do as a company. And that's what people need to get started. They need to understand what their company stands for. So the content they create has to be around that. And if it's around that, regardless of somebody says that's bull, well, it's not because it's towards our mission. And if that person doesn't understand that, be okay with it. Just go again. That's a really good point about public perceptions. As an industry, we've long had this stereotypical perception that it's a dirty, unskilled job and everyone's out to rip you off. There's been many debates over the years about how our trade bodies and representatives should be doing more to correct this notion. But actually... Through social media, we now have direct access to the public to shine a light and educate them on all of the amazing things that an independent garage can offer. You're already doing it, Nathan. 1,000%. So, and, and this comes back to having a clear mission on what the company set out to achieve. And this is where I think it's really important that I, I, I've, I've got to a place with Walsall Tire that I can, I can start the year by saying that we have a clear mission. And like you've just said, the, the the independents don't deserve the negative stigma that they get because in in reality, like like our mission, for instance, if I just read it off word for word, if you don't mind, our mission is a, a, a desire to be a true true one stop solution for any consumer of the ever developing modern vehicle over various fuel cells, but developing the the narrative of non franchise business to be, become the cornerstone and the true connection between drivers and manufacturers. And, and ultimately, everyone that works within my business, everyone that is supplies my business, customers eventually that use us as a business, understand that that's what we're working towards. There, there's some amazing people within the franchise dealer network, and I'm not talking about that in the slightest. What what I'm saying is, is within the independent side, 
the, the level of passion within it is amazing. The people in the Garage Hive Network are amazing. That, that I have made some of the best friends that I believe I could, I'm ever going to make in my life through, through Garage Hive, and I'm entirely grateful for that. But it, it's, helped me, it's helped me see what I set out in Warsaw Wood Tire to do. And I, in 2015, when I opened the business, I was talking about this is the mission. I just couldn't articulate it at the time. So when I when I talk about marketing and I talk about just putting a piece of content out there because I'm not going to be able to deliver all the context to everyone all the time, as long as it goes towards the mission, I'm fine with it. And if somebody says we don't like it, I will review it and I'll go, great, I'll improve it. But it's not to be deleted. It's just how we felt at the time. It's it's more of a sort of a stake in the ground to say that's where we was. We're fine with that. We will improve and we will continue to push on. That's a great way of looking at it. You've mentioned that it can take up a lot of time. I imagine that's the big sticking point which prevents many other garage owners from doing more on social media. So help us gain an understanding of the value of it for you as a business. Lots of customers live their moments through their phones. So that's where the attention is. So the the, the immediate benefit is if you get close to the customer. You understand that they, they spend a lot of time on their phones looking at their screens. So you need to understand how they are consuming content in every form. And you remember that you probably only have five seconds, 10 seconds of capturing their attention before they flick off. So like we would look at all the, all the views that we've had on, on certain TikToks and it, let's say one that got a million, I would go as far to say that probably half a million of those didn't really re- listen to it all. And you have to be okay with that. That's, that's just how it is. And if you got three phone calls off something that's got a million, a million views, then great, you got three phone calls, three phone calls you didn't have before. Like the the brand recognition is sort of like an in perpetuity thing. So you're always sort of like growing the the brand with the content that you've put out. So as long as the message meets the mission of the company, then you can leave it out there and it will always sort of keep paying itself back over time towards brand. So the ROI for us is more on brand building rather than it is a direct sort of, well, how many sales does it make us? And I've been asked that question quite a lot. It's like, well, how many sales do you get from that? It's like, well, it's such a hard thing to sort of like review because, well, how many sales do I get from anything anyway? How many sales do I get from word of mouth? I don't, you can't always quantify it. And everyone's so desperate to usually put a report on it that it it's not usually the thing that I'm after. It's just like, I'm just in a place where I will go, that's great. We did 67 pieces of content last week. And I go, that is probably about a tenth of where I want us to be. I believe that a, a company, especially with all the social media platforms that are available, we've lots of other things that are going on. A company should be well, well in excess of 200 pieces of content a week to even have a chance at putting a dent in the demand of the consumer. That there's such a demand for, from consumers for content. So much con- content is consumed every day the motor trades don't even get near penetrating. Um, so for us, I'm sort of, I'm leading on the sense of, it's like, it's great, you've done one piece of content, cool, give me 13 more, because that's what I want to see. Because you, you think that you're going to be bothering people by putting 13 pieces out, but the reality is no one's going to see all 13. And if you do, then you've got a great fan. And if you're providing value, then they're still going to engage. But ultimately, there's there's just too much demand for the amount of content that goes out. Do you spend much money on social media in terms of promoted posts? Do you want to know how much I spent in the last nine years on um, promoted content? It was one post. I spent 25 quid on it and it did absolutely nothing. (laughs) And after I did that, I was like, I do not get anywhere near rinsing the amount of organic content I could produce without spending that kind of money. 
I, I could have a budget of a thousand pound a month or I can have a kid that will walk around with a camera and film content three, four days a week um, and then sit there and turn that into lots of pieces of content who might not necessarily understand the business as well as me, but he will put content out and he will learn as he goes. So you can do either or, and I'm not saying that paid advertisements doesn't work because it does, but in a world where nobody really uses um, the amount of organic opportunity that's out there and you're not doing anything, going in and just going, I'm going to spend money on advertising is a way of doing it. Yeah, I get it. But like uh, the way that I've built this with Horsewood Tire is in the sense that I haven't boosted anything in the last five years. I just know that sort of, uh, well, four years, I think it was at the start, I boosted something for about 25 quid and I was just like, this doesn't work for me. How do you find time to produce this content? Um, it just comes down to how you schedule yourself and, and if you're if you're only going to be ever fighting fires and, and sort of jumping from one place to another and not looking at the long-term value of um, what, what you're trying to achieve in regards to just your understanding of marketing for yourself in the automotive industry, then it's never really going to happen. So you've just got to set time out. Like there's no doubt about it. You've got to plan forward. And if you're going to use other people... Uh, on a sort of like a part-time basis or an apprentice level or whether you get like a, a niece, a nephew, a son, uh, any anyone that you can use to to help you along the way, you have to give a bit of time to do it. Now, when I when I first started um, doing, creating content myself as well, where I'd be on a few videos, we used to do it after work. So I used to be service advising all day and then I would tell the guys to turn up literally at half past five. And then Craig would hang around as well, and we'd stay till we'd stay like half five till half six, seven, and we would just then make content after. So there, there was no, there was there was nothing else than just finding time when we could do it. There is, there is, we have the exact same amount of hours in a day, and we're all as busy each other putting our own individual sort of fires out. So you just have to find time. There is no excuse. It just is what it is. Just it, like if if you're if you're interested in starting, then you can do it pretty quickly. I mean, even if you don't want to be someone that creates video, there is AI tools out there that can understand your language model and can create content off the back of you just putting a few bits of information into into ChatGPT, into into something else. And, and it will create content for you. So then it just becomes a copy and paste exercise. Now, then you have to think, is that going to get the amount of attention that you want? And it's probably not because it's not going to be as thought provoking as something that comes out of a, a picture of your mug in front of a phone talking about stuff. It, it it won't generate as much as a general rule, but you never know. It might. And I'd love to be proved wrong on it because I'm always looking at something that we're not doing. Then once you get a bit of momentum, the, the desire to find time just becomes greater. So, but again, I'm sort of consuming content from five o'clock in the morning in, in some form. Uh, whether it's just an audio book, whether it's any anything up until sort of like 10, 11 at night uh, across different times. So um, there, there's always time and anyone that says they haven't got it is it, just finding an excuse not to do it. And that's fine. If you don't want to do it, that's cool. Any advice for garage owners listening that may want to ramp up their social efforts or perhaps even make a start from nothing? Just talk about stuff. You don't know until you put version one out. We just put stuff out and we learn as we go and, and that's how we develop. So if you're starting, just start. Just make content now, like now. If you're listening to this now, make sure you have YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, X, and make sure you have accounts for all of them. And then just 
consume a bit of content from people around the industry, from other businesses, look at what their marketing are doing and think, is that, well, what can we talk about for us as a brand? And then be in a place where you're over the moon that you've got a zero view, zero likes, zero nothing, because then you have some data in your head or somewhere where you can go, that didn't get anything, let's go again, let's go again, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And then quickly you'll find yourself in this place where you've gone from no subscribers, no likes, no followers, no nothing, to having five. So having five people watch something that you've created already is attention you didn't have before. And then when you go again, then that might turn into 25. And then you think about having 25 people listening to something that you've created and you're not there saying it, it's pretty damn amazing. But we we really overlook the small numbers because we see other people with large numbers. And in reality, to have people's attention with 25 people is insane. I can't express how good that is. So then when you start getting to the larger numbers, it actually becomes a bit harder because you're trying to meet meet the context of every every person, but you're never going to. So you have to be all right with zero likes, zero views, because as it grows, it gets a lot harder. So if you're not okay with that at zero, you're never going to be okay with trying to meet everyone's demand at that. So it's, it's a forever game. Nathan, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us. It's been genuinely inspiring and I've certainly made a few notes for things to try on the socials. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. Speak soon. Thank you. Thanks as always for listening to the Blends podcast and a special thanks once again to Nathan Taylor for joining us. Don't forget, please do subscribe to the podcast in your usual podcast player because we've got lots more insightful interviews lined up for you this year. 